0: Hey guys, this is Missing Out. I'm Tari. I'm Lex. What? what and we're doing a show together. You might know us from such things as After Buzz TV. That's where I know us from. Uh that's pretty much it. And our friendship and also the streets. You, you might know us know from us the from, streets?
1: From our friendship on the streets, yes. Is where you might
0: know us. Um and we're I don't know if you know this. But if you do know us, you know that we are big giant nerds. That's true. Um, And we love movies, TV, music, lots of things that start with M and T's. Yes. Yes, because we are empty inside.
1: Yes, that's exactly. Nothing that starts with F because F also stands for full.
0: Yes. Uh, And we are not that. No. So (laughs) As you will
1: will discover, the longer you listen, a shocking dearth of of substance. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: But I would say that we're probably missing out on a lot of things.
1: Yes. Well, this uh, came out of a conversation I think you and I had, uh, whenever it was, it was a while ago, we had it, it happened, where we were talking about different blind spots in our uh, differing... What, what would you call it? cultural experiences yeah, cultural different things left. that like you know because i i had one experience growing up where i was basically left left to my own devices and no one was really paying too much attention to what i was watching mm-hmm. and so i had the freedom to watch pretty much anything and we had you know obviously it was, uh pre-netflix so we'd go to blockbuster you know every week or so and i'd grab a couple of things and for the longest time was always like i only want to watch cartoons this is live action boo but eventually uh as as one does hopefully i grew out of that and i was like yes i will watch people do these these fantastical things and so i started pulling movies just different things that i had heard of and then of course uh after a while you know it's like we had cable so i was able to go on like hbo and start checking out what was playing there there was a there's a period of like a couple of months where we had a we had a DVR finally, it took the longest time for us to get one, but once we finally had one, I would sit and I would go through the, the guide, like the digital guide on the TV, mm-hmm. and be like, Oh, I want to see that. Oh, I want to see that. What is this? That sounds fun. And I would just set up like an auto record of it. And then I would just fill the the thing and catch up on stuff that way. And this was before, because you forget now in a world where Netflix streaming has existed and been easily accessible for even a couple of years. Yeah, I feel like people have already forgotten what life was like before you could stream most of what you wanted, and if you couldn't find what you wanted, you could find like ten thousand other things. Right. So we had to had to work a little bit harder. But I I spent a number of years just watching any and everything that. I could and so I like to think of myself as somebody who's got a pretty uh, uh, a wide varied perspective on certainly film if if nothing else in this world. but of course there's only so many hours in a day there's only so many days in a week, so many weeks in a year, et cetera et cetera et cetera you you do miss things.
0: Yeah and I kind of come from a the opposite background in that like growing up up until like maybe I got to high school, I wasn't really able to watch, anything beyond like what my parents would let me watch which was The majority of it were what people would call black movies, which are essentially movies that are 90% uh, black people, black cast, uh, covering black topics, things like that. So, like, New Jack City, uh, Posse was a good one, Um, Soul Food, stuff like that. Like, that was the majority of things that we would watch. And then my only reprieve from that was going to Blockbuster every other weekend and, like, I would get a movie to watch that, like may have been popular at the time or just looked cool so like a lot of my selections were just based on like covers of uh, movies not necessarily like this is good or this is classic and so like I've missed out on a lot of like classic like I guess uh, what people would call must-see movies because and I've been catching up since then
1: what's interesting too, that and I was thinking about there's a a film writer that I really like um, and his name and I'm I may butcher this uh, because I've never actually heard it spoken. I've only seen it in writing. But it's uh, Siddhant Adlaka, mm-hmm. and he writes for Birth, Movies, Death. And he is, I believe, I believe, I believe, I'll double check on this, but I believe he is Indian. Okay. Um, and he talks a lot about, he does a lot of their, their writing about like comic book properties. Like He writes uh, occasionally on the DC shows, and he writes on a lot of the Marvel stuff. But he was talking about how he is very much... Uh, He's got one foot in both cultures. He's very familiar with American movie culture, but that's not where I believe that he's, somewhere he's from originally. he's he's uh, again it's Indian that's that's his point of origin and that's the film culture that has been just as prevalent in his life and he made an interesting point about how nine times out of ten when you when you hear somebody here you know in this country say like oh, you haven't seen X like if it's the, as if it's the craziest thing that could be mm mm-hmm it's important to consider that while well, you're viewing it through a prism of one cultural perspective, right. Like, and the American film culture is not the only film culture that exists. So for, for me, I might say like, oh my God, you haven't seen uh, The Thing. It just popped in my head like Carpenter's The Thing. And I don't right. know
0: if you have. I have not seen it.
1: Okay, we're gonna do a show on that at some point. Yep. Um, I might say, oh my God, you haven't seen The Thing. But you might say, okay, that's fair, dude, but like, I could say the same thing about these 10 What you you were calling the quote-unquote black movies that you haven't seen either and that to me is just as crazy because I'm coming at it from a different cultural perspective Mm -hmm. you are and it's not like somebody is uh, lacking in their perspective specifically because they're missing out on one big movie from X cultural box. Does that make sense? I feel like I just said a lot of stuff. No, yeah
0: basically the idea is that you're coming from different, two different perspectives. It doesn't mean that one is more or less valid. It just means that you're essentially, you, your buckets of things that you've consumed um, are filled with different stuff, and now we kind of get to mix them together and celebrate the things that we've enjoyed uh, and share them with each other and also you guys, the audience.
1: Yeah, so I have a question for you, though, because you were talking about how it, what you were able to watch. The way you put it was, you know, "quote unquote" black, but like the audience, either the audience is predominantly made up of black actors or deals with uh, black subject matter. Right. But what is the? I guess I want to have some idea of how hard these rules were and where the line was. Like th- this is this is the question that popped into my head. So, for example. Yeah. Predator would probably be out because Carl Weathers is in Predator. I think Bill Duke is in Predator, but they're not. It's an Arnold Schwarzenegger joint, him and a big alien monster. So I assume since he is not black and that's not really a specifically black story, Uh that would be out. Yes. But Predator 2 stars Danny Glover in the lead role. And I haven't seen that movie in years. He might be the only black actor in the thing, but though it doesn't technically deal with a black issue or a specifically black because anyone from anywhere can fight alien monster things in theory you think right right but but he is a black actor so would that would predator 2 be acceptable in a way (laughs) that maybe predator 1 would not be
0: uh well i've never seen the predators um and so i can
1: vouch for like one and a half of them
0: all right but there so it's not like i was under constant supervision like i would put in a uh a mainstream movie and someone would like blow the VCR up or whatever. Uh, it's more like I had access to the movies that were brought into my house. right? And then I had access to uh, assorted blockbuster titles which would be rented by like my dad or my mom and things like that. So I was mostly consuming what they were consuming and uh, anything beyond that.
1: And it, and it was of course again it's easy to forget like there was no streaming so you didn't have unfettered access to stuff it was basically like what's in this stack that's right here. Right. Yeah. Uh,
0: so I mean that was the majority of what I was exposed to what I was able to watch like anytime I had alone time it was basically here are the dvds that you have and it was just movies that one my mom felt uh kind of elevated black culture or like really like gave money to black production companies and things like that right so that is like i guess 80 percent of my exposure beyond the like small things that i got to watch uh like every other weekend or so
1: but were you able to watch i guess what is considered for, certainly for a certain generation of kids like the the quote unquote standard uh, young person fair like I know for, for my generation it was all like a, that block of Disney movies right, right. From, like, from like 91 to 95-ish 95-90 not 97 what Hercules might have been 99 so it's like really the entire 90s Yeah, that block of like Disney animated musicals like everybody's over the moon for them with good reason most of them are, are, are magical Yeah. like were you able to watch that stuff or was it just like alright well you, you're, you're five today young man we're popping in New Jack City and we're going to teach you some <laughs> stuff
0: uh well, I'd say that the only time I really got to watch the like Disney fair was when it was like a, in school or when it when like the summer camp I went to would go to the theaters to watch them. So like I got to see uh, Lion King in the theaters cuz that was what was chosen for the summer camp. Um, and then I started catching up around high school, just kind of like picking things that people would say. Oh my gosh, you have to watch this! Right. It's like my childhood, which we were still children, so whatever. Um, but uh, beyond that, like, not really. We weren't a big Disney family either.
1: Fair, interesting. So I want. To, so what were your when you watched? stuff that was geared towards a younger audience when you were growing up? I mean, what was the stuff that you went to? Because it could be stuff that I missed completely because I was watching, like, Disney... Like, 40 years worth of Disney movies.
0: Right. Well, I grew up with a a lot of, like, cartoon-type exposure uh, because, like, that was essentially before anyone would wake up. I would get up at, like, 5 a.m. and watch all the Saturday morning cartoon stuff, and then right after school, I'd watch all the, like, Disney afternoon things. And so, like, I became... Immensely, uh, I guess, fascinated and just like obsessed with all the animated stuff that was coming out, especially when anime had just first started. That was my foray into a a different world, essentially, because it wasn't what everyone else was watching. I didn't really have any friends who were watching it as well, but it was really well done, Mm -hmm. really pretty, really catchy. And so like Dragon Ball was one of my first ones, and I didn't even know it was anime at the time. Right. And then, essentially, Dragon Ball Z came out, and that's about when my other friends started catching on to... Uh, anime, because of like Toonami first starting when I was in the fifth yeah. grade and essentially dousing everyone with that content.
1: Yeah, all of a sudden it was really, it seemed huge suddenly for American kids in a way that I didn't rem- I mean, I was pretty young at the time as well, so maybe I just hadn't been paying attention. But yeah, it seemed like all of a sudden it was just there. Yeah. But it was, that was a whole thing that I missed. Like, I never really got into. I mean, anime at all, but like yeah. I remember having a couple of friends that were way into DBZ for the longest time. Mm-hmm. And I remember trying it once or twice and going, like, this looks cool, and I like the general feel of this. Right. But it was one of those... It was a situation where I think it had been going on long enough, and it was so continuity heavy, and I had no idea who anyone was in relation... It's clear... Okay, like, these guys are clearly friends. Yes. Uh, our main guy and, like, the bald guy are clearly buddies. Right. I, and the little boy with a, with a tail... I think there's a little boy with yes, a tail the, in there.
0: Gohan, the main character's son. That's the one. Yes. Uh, so it's like, oh, these these guys clearly like each
1: other, and this group of people, they, they're more uh, uh, colorful looking. These these people over here, mm-hmm. uh, they are clearly the the villains of the piece. And looking them fly, and looking them like punching each other, that's all fun. I don't know what's happening, <laughs> and so I never really found a foothold in any of it. So it just, and I never, I never disliked it, but I just missed it. Entirely.
0: Yeah, it's a really easy culture to miss because it's it's very up until like even a few years ago, it was kind of a underground thing. Like you really had to find another like anime nerd who like got the culture. Otherwise, everyone would just be like, "Anime isn't that just uh, tentacles having sex with women?" Because oh, like there's yeah yeah. So that was the majority of people's views of that, like, anime and hentai were the same and, like, all of that culture stuff was too weird. And then, essentially, it started to become more mainstream because it's become more readily available. And things like Death Note and uh, Attack on Titan, things like that have allowed people to kind of bridge their way into the culture and start to kind of understand the appeal of it
1: yeah at some point at some point on this show I think I'm gonna need you to handhold me through some, some anime that you particularly like because I have never found one that really clicks for me and maybe it's just because I didn't get into it soon enough, yeah. Uh, but every time, like, you've told me about a couple, and I can't remember titles off the top of my head, but you've told me about a couple, and you've described the plot of them to me, and I say, wow, that sounds really cool. That sounds like a show that I would enjoy, at least conceptually. Mm-hmm. And then I go and I check it out, and I'm like, I am not. I don't feel anything
0: about this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I think that there are definitely some, like, intro anime that really kind of get you, I guess, acclimated to to the general sense of anime Uh, there are some that you would have to have been a fan of it for years to even understand the jokes in it and so like there's such a wide spectrum of things that uh that are kind of barriers of entry but i will definitely introduce you to the scope of like really mainstream type to super obscure, right? But uh, so
1: I feel like as a, as an anime fan, what you don't want is someone like me who might actually, if they find a way in, be able to really jive with some of these stories. What you don't want is for that person to instead discover like the live action whitewashed version of it, right? Where it you get the idea and it's like, oh look, look at look at. Look at their white. Look at their, <laughs> look at their whiteness, um, and you, you lose. I think something very essential to the core, the core DNA of the story that way. I feel like, but those those versions are probably going to be a little bit more accessible to a non anime audience member, right? So you gotta you gotta stave that off. You gotta jump in front of those. those <laughs> I gotta, that train for me, and you gotta.
0: Oh, okay. I gotta. With I gotta, your, I gotta with your, fight it with, with my your big with, my old, with your
1: Wonder Woman bracelets. Oh yes, you of gotta course. Throw those up, and you gotta
0: <laughs> <laughs> gotta stop those whitewash bullets. <laughs> Stocked in whitewashed bullets. Uh, I can do that because uh, that's uh, what my parents have been doing for me for years. Anyways. I
1: do, and I'm, I'm really excited to, to unpack that a little bit more the further into the show we get as well. Because what I think is really interesting, especially considering that I, I did have uh, almost no supervision as far as what I could and could not watch... I'm always fascinated by people who did have either a little or a lot of supervision. And I'm so curious every time about why some of the decisions were made by their parents about what they could and could not watch. And then I'm doubly fascinated when I start discovering what would look to be massive inconsistencies between what people were and were not allowed to watch. It's like, did your parents actually know what – did they know what this was about at all? They didn't, did they? All right.
0: Sweet. Nope. I mean, usually it's based on something really small. They're like, "Oh man, this kind of meets that criteria." Just, just go off and 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 have fun with it. But like, also, parents are humans. They're they're big old dumb humans. So consistency isn't a big human trait. Big old dumb humans, indeed. Um, speaking of big old dumb humans, yeah. smooth. I like that. that, <laughs> that, was, that was good. Uh, you know, we'd also, throughout the course of this show, like to hear from you guys, the audience, about things that you feel like we're missing out on, and we want to be able to kind of see what your lives are like and 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 see things that gaps that we might have that you may be able to fill. And so you can hit us up on our sweet sweet Twitter, which is uh, missing out cast. Uh, and we are the outcasts, I guess. Sure. Sure. Podcasts was too long for Twitter. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, missing outcast at missing outcast on Twitter, and then you can also hit us up personally on our Twitters. Uh, I'm Tari J. That's T-A-R-I J-A-Y.
1: And I am at the Lex Michael.
0: And make your voice heard Uh, we should be on all the major uh, podcasting places which I'll list probably in another episode but keep an eye on our twitter to make sure that you're hitting those up and liking and subscribing because we want you to not miss out thanks